As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. Well, we haven't had a chance to talk about a Kansas City Chiefs loss since October 24th when they, I guess for us, the 25th most likely doing the podcast when they got their uh, teeth kicked in by the Tennessee Titans. (laughs) This has been a long time. That was before Halloween. We just had New Year's. We've done nothing but, hey, the Chiefs won in one way or another episodes of Times Ours all the way through that point until today's episode. And man, are we going to have plenty of things to choose from with where we want to start here today. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser, my friends. I have a list of things that we could pull from and say, here's why the Chiefs lost this football game. And each one of those things would probably be enough for an entire first segment of a show. And I think there might be, I don't know, what do you think, guys, 10 items on that list? I mean, we we will go through them as 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 quickly as we can. Um, I just want to say, load it up, load it up, <laughs> simulate this thing, uh, divisional round in Arrowhead. Start it up, boys. There's a new rifle in town. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of want part two, fellas. Just, I, just for I, football I, entertainment. I think if they play the Bengals, you know what? I'm going to save that. Oh, I'm saving fl- that. Let it rip, Seth. Let I, it rip. I, 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 you I, already I've got re-watched. the download. Let it rip. I've rewatched the game, and who knows? Maybe maybe Jamar Chase goes off again. Who knows? Barring Jamar Chase having another historic performance, the Chiefs beat them by 20. If they re- if they have a rematch. Barring another out-of-this-world performance from Chase. Or like one of the other receivers just does something insane. The Chiefs beat them by 20. They can't block Chris Jones. Or barring, you know, Steve yep, Spagnuolo yep, saying, yep, yep. saying, you know, I <laughs> you never don't have to block Chris Jones if you four. have no defensive back, Seth. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Well, I, I, we'll find out. We'll find out what that looks like. Like, all right, Chris, can you get to the quarterback in 0.8 seconds? Because they see us coming, and they're going to throw it up to Chase. And it doesn't matter what Ward or Fenton do, because Jamar Chase is not fair. He's not human. 
Um, and, and hey, hats off to Jamar Chase. And Burrow kept a cool head under pressure. They didn't fold. Everything that we're going to say the rest of this episode, I'm sure I'm going to have many more Bengals fans who are meaner than I thought <laughs> I've discovered online. No, look, they should enjoy it, man. Like, yeah, the, look, enjoy it. Look, one franchise, let me just remind people, one franchise has won two Super Bowls and has been to back-to-back Super Bowls and has their best quarterback in the franchise's history. Another franchise can start to say that about their quarterback, but the same franchise also just had their most impactful win in Paul Brown Stadium's history. Mm-hmm. And it's not in the playoffs. So, like, you know, it's totally fine for Bingo fans to, like, take their shirts off and, like, run around. And, like, <laughs> I guess if you want to unzip, yeah. too, by, by all means, unzip. <laughs> it's totally fine. Like, let them have it. You Take off your shirt Bengals. and run off the field, you know? Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, I don't I don't recommend that, but you could, I guess. The Bucks Bing- still won't cut you the next day. <laughs> Listen, listen. While we're here, Bruce Arian said that that uh, that Antonio Brown was not going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer before they signed him to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So I don't know if we should take him at his. I'm not sure. He may be an unreliable face, narrator. Face value, not uh, not what it used to be. No, it's not what it used to be. No, um, we gotta give we gotta give Bengals fans a little bit of leeway, though. I agree here because they have spent most of this millennium watching, really, this entire millennium. Uh, I'll take you from 2001 to through 2019. Watching John Kitna, Carson Palmer, and Andy Dalton lead their franchise in the 2000s. So, you know, they, yeah. they, they, no, need, they need something here. Do you know that yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the 14th all-time leading uh, Cincinnati Bengals passer? <laughs> I forgot he and, played for them. And I get why they'd be upset because a big discourse after the game, and I, I jumped Nate here, so I'm going to kick it back to you, Nate, because we each got to name one thing, and I don't want to be the guy that does it. But Just I do understand- it. Do it, I understand baby. why they're frustrated that one of the first discourses after the game is the officiating, especially a game where, you know, a new favorite on the franchise had like an all-time game. Mm-hmm. Your, your new franchise quarterback played cool under pressure. Um, they didn't fold. They beat like the big bad number one seed coming into town. It's all awesome. And it's got to be frustrating as a fan because of blaming officiating and, and, and that being the number one discourse is always kind of the loser's, you know, bemoaning right the losers lament as i call the it losers lament that's a much better word and so i get why they're frustrated with that that said I, when you have a game we were talking before we started recording when you have a game where a completely obvious and not called false start on third and one at the goal line with a minute 46 left that made it go oh no i'm sorry with two minutes left because you you got third and one. Kansas City still has two timeouts left. It's 2-10 left in the game. Joel Mixon, right tackle, one yard, gets the first down. They full started. Like, there's no one debating that. Nope. They full started that. It's so easy it's to the, see. It's the and left Full starts are one of those things. Like, you got to catch that. Like, that's got to. The defense, like, eight players on the Chiefs D-line were like, ah, they jump, they jump. Now it's third and six. Good chance for the Chiefs to force a field goal perhaps, and perhaps even more importantly, it forces them to probably throw the ball, which so if it doesn't succeed, it's an incomplete pass. Like there's a lot more goes on there. And even more importantly, even if they succeed, you, you if, if they kick the field goal, there's two minutes left in the game. 
two full minutes and missing that affected. And so to, to end my point, when you're talking about a game where that is the third worst call of the fourth quarter and maybe the third least impactful, that's really bad because that wasn't as bad a miss. I mean, it's pretty bad. Full starts, you got to see those. But that 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 phantom fat pass interference on Legereus Sneed was a worse call. Because, you know, maybe maybe the O-line judge just wasn't watching the O-line. I, you know, I'm not sure what else the O-line judge is doing, but maybe he wasn't watching for false start. But that P.I. was, it, it continued to drive. That drive uh, is over. Can I, and, can I, can I, can I, can please I? Please do, I'm going to freak out. Can I state some facts here, fellas? <laughs> I do want you to, Nate. I love it when you get into state some facts mode, but I also do think, Seth, if whenever you feel the spirit move you, you just hop right back in because it feels like we might be on a Seth pops a vessel in his forehead episode <laughs> territory, and I don't want to miss that. So, oh, Nate, you can just say some facts. Seth, you can have your blood pressure get the dangerous levels, and I'm just going to kind of kick it today. Uh, when, when the first third down play occurred in the game, um, and the refs misspotted the ball. Where was that? Where was that located? Was that on the Bengals sideline or the Chiefs sideline? Oh. When um, again, these are just the facts. That was just these whoa, are just the facts. That spot was horrendous. Okay, that was a harbinger, man. That was bad news. That was a bad omen. <laughs> that, was, when, uh, that was that was a bad sign in hindsight. It's like man. the refs looking over, like really, right, right here. Mm-hmm. So like, scooting it. <laughs> so when Legereus Need is called for that pass interference, what what side of the field? Is that on? Is that on the Chiefs sideline or the Beagle sideline? When Jamar Chase is simply tackled and gets up, <laughs> like, yeah, that's a football play. I got tackled out of bounds, but you see the contact occurred inbounds. Yeah, he's fighting for yards. When did that penalty, where did that penalty occur? Did that occur on the Chiefs sideline or the Beagle sideline? What did, All did Tyron the- Matthew say something to this side, this side judge? <laughs> now, like early on in the... Not now, that I'm actually blaming Tyron Matthew. I just want to be clear about that. Right, right. <laughs> now, now again, I've, I've stated three facts about the human nature coming into play. The human element, real, as I like quick. to call. Just real quick, Nate. Are you insinuating that those were all on the Bengals sideline? Are those just the facts? Those are just the facts, ladies okay, and gentlemen. Okay, I just wanted to confirm for maybe those of us who may not okay. have checked that. They were on the you're, same you're, sideline. Yeah, your honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, your I'll honor. Mm-hmm. Your honor, it was factual. Okay. Now, you could even argue when, is it Boyd, I believe, who gets the hands to the face? Like, it's so bang, bang. My, my biggest issue in all of this is that um, penalties are a part of the game. But no one in the stands, no one in the broadcast booth, no one watching at home, not even the guys paid millions of dollars want the game to be decided by a missed call or a call in the final moments of a tie ball game. They, they, they just don't want that. But again, you could argue that even the second fourth down penalty, which gives an automatic first down, um, that occurs closer to the Bengals sideline than the Chiefs sideline. Now, um... Here's my biggest takeaway, fellas. And I wrote about it on a little website called theathletic.com. Josh, <laughs> you said it on the postgame show because I listened to it last night. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. It was great. <laughs> uh, what's what's the phrase when you know you shouldn't do it, but you're like, ah, you know what? What what's the phrase? What what's the what's the phrase on the game? Man, that was so vague that I don't even remember what I said. 
You gotta what did engage, I say? You got to engage eight on third and you 27. Engage I mean, you eight, just got to. You call, yes. He's you just got to engage eight. Uh, you just got to engage all eight. Send the dogs. Uh, it is a on third and eight. On third and 27. It is a testament to poor decision making <laughs> that with officiating that horrendous, I can honestly say like, <laughs> yeah, but there were other reasons they should have. But I, I, I'm sorry. I want to just with the officiating for like, Two more seconds, or two more minutes, I, or two more segments, so <laughs> or two more seconds, two more segments, whatever it has to be. It's just you—you you said it really well that nobody wants the game to be decided by the officials, and several of those calls. And and I, I tweeted after the game and something that got Bengals fans really upset, and I think it's because. They may be misconstrued by meaning. When I said it's really some version of this, it's people say this all the time. It's almost never true. But in this case, it was. That call, the final call, the, the hands-to-the-face call, which did his hands technically touch that wide receiver's face mask? Absolutely. Is that something that gets called 99% of the time? No. No. It, it just it doesn't. Just, it just doesn't. By the way, he's that, he's open too. Like I don't know if Joe missed him. He's open. Joe's open. Like I don't think he. I don't think he was hindered in getting open yeah. by the penalty. He, <laughs> but the that call was quite literally the difference between Kansas City has the ball at the one foot yard foot one foot yard line. Good lord, the one foot <laughs> line, as it were, with 40, 41 seconds. And Patrick bleeping Mahomes, who only needs a field goal. And, you know, or, or overtime, right? That's the worst case scenario, barring like a turnover or whatever for the Chiefs at that point. And the Bengals being assured the win. That's the difference. Because what, what basically had to happen for the Bengals to lose after that call was to miss like a six-yard field goal. I'm exaggerating, of course. It was like a 17-yard field goal. It's like, it's like, okay, well, how long is it? It's a 1,700 yards. Okay, it was a 17-yard field goal. That it's essentially a guaranteed result. The call guaranteed the result for the Bengals, and that's where I think it becomes the running narrative after the game. Is you never want that to be what happens? That a call guarantees the result one way. As opposed to it being, you know, one or the other way. If they hadn't called it, I don't think you would have had Bengals fans in a frenzy after the game saying, look at this missed call on fourth. That You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think it would have happened. I don't think anyone would have even realized it. Other than like, oh, well, he adjusted his helmet. But, and people would have, and who knows what would have happened. Maybe the Chiefs would have gone to overtime and maybe they wouldn't have really been aggressive to try to move the ball. Because, hey, they're not going to go forward on fourth and six and, you know. They're not going to let someone score when you can just do the <laughs> math. Just count. And I know we're going to get to all that. And maybe Joe Burrow throws it to Jamar Chase one more time for an 80-yard touchdown to win it anyway after Spagnolo actually manages to blitz all 46 <laughs> active players <laughs> from the sideline. I mean, look, Spags is like, there's a phrase of the NFL. I'm not joking. Everyone I talk to about Spags says it, which again – is a credit to him, but also, like, we are who we are. And the phrase is, Spags is going to spack. Like, I kid you not. <laughs> now, for context purposes, I did not, I was not in Cincinnati. Uh, this this variant is real, y'all. And um, it's it's snowed in Kansas City on Friday night. And, like, they canceled every flight to Cincinnati. Uh, no, no, man. Um, shout out to our guy, 
Josh Klingler, who did the satellite reporting for the Chiefs Radio Network, who drove nine hours to Cincinnati to oh, watch that. Oh, oh, no. oh I know. Oh. I know. And I was, ladies and gentlemen, I love y'all, but with the modern technology known as television, hell no. I'm not driving 10 hours in the, in the winter. To, to, <laughs> no. Like, it's not even the playoffs. But anyway, I'm on my couch. I got my wife. I got my son. It's third and 27. Chris Jones has essentially ended the drive. All you got to do is play quarters, cover six, cover nine, cover 14, anything. Make cover him a gunner four. on a punt. <laughs> put a put two guys there like he's a gunner. They could have done. Don't they, let his body anything. get 27 yards downfield. Yeah. Like, they, don't, don't, don't. There needs to be. Oh, look, I know we're recording this relatively late in the day. There needs to be no slander for Traverius Ward. As I put on Twitter, somebody at somebody at halftime was like, man, Rashad Fitton's getting worked. And I said, sir, we would all be getting worked right now. Okay, yeah. that is a un, that is an un, impossible task. So They don't make – this is the thing. They're really, really, really good corners. They don't make them as big as that. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. – yeah, you know, they just don't – unless you are going to – the only player that I think would have had a snowball's chance in Hades in those situations would have been like a healthy Derwin James because he's the Riding only guy Riding on the, Troy Polamalu's shoulders maybe. <laughs> yeah. And then like, I mean, you need you need a guy like with just unbelievable size, speed, ball skills, the whole nine yards. Ward was in position. Fent was in position. They just got mossed. Like nine times in one game. If Which, you're built like Jamar Chase with the skills of Jamar Chase, you play wide receiver and you yeah. even know the play. And the other guy right. doesn't. They needed, yeah, they needed a Jamar Chase. Um, but it's, it's so I, I think to, to just put a bow, I think we already have on the officiating. It was horrendous and it was one of the reasons the Chiefs lost. They just made so many other tactical errors that it, it's kind of, I mean, the name of the article I wrote was self-inflicted. <laughs> if I set myself a 30-second timer, can I give you my 30 seconds on the refs yes. and then you can really be done with it? Yes. I'm going to cut myself off at 30 seconds. Here we go. Action. I hate referee radio. I hate talking about referees after football games. That's not why anyone's watching. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it even more whenever it is, as you guys have laid out, totally valid. It, it's not the reason the Chiefs lost the game, but it didn't help. Also, I had no issue with, like, the Jamar Chase potential push-off no-calls because I want dudes built like Jamar Chase to play football the way that they would like to play football. It was beautiful. I'm That is fine with me. But you can't let that go and then do ticky-tack stuff over the course of the entire game, and I don't think NFL games are rigged, but it was lopsided in a way that hurt the Chiefs. 30 seconds and one. And, Let's talk about something else. And look, if if it's if it's third and 27, the logic, and I, and I wrote about it, I think, extensively and as comprehensive as I could understand it, right? In terms of the actual X's and O's, the strength of the Chiefs defense is blitzing. I've written about that. That is Spag's sort of it's one of his core principles. He has a unit and a, and a players who can actually um execute it at a high enough level. Yep. The the problem and is they the were pro- fooling Burrow early on a side note there. Yes. In the first half. They they he had no idea where the pressure was coming from when they blitzed. And, and so you have to give the Mingles credit because it's a seven-man blitz against a seven-man protection, and the protection is there. Um, or it's there just enough to give Burrow time. Um, again, Jamar Chase is just – I called him a combination of Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. And we're going to get to the Jerry Rice section here in a minute. Um, 
but you're playing to your strengths. As I wrote, so much about coaching is weighing the risk versus the reward. They think that they're getting an incompletion, a sack, or a turnover potentially if if Burrow doesn't throw the ball accurately because he's he's rushed. Um, unfortunately, one of the worst outcomes occurs, and I think Spagnuolo never, despite everything in front of him, never anticipated that they were going to get thirty on a twenty-seven yard. Oh my god! On a twenty-seven yard, gotta have it. Okay. So if they, if they were. And Seth, you already wrote about this. We knew exactly how it was going to happen. Correct. It. This is. You know. You know what? I'm. He, he's get, thinking. He's thinking hot route, not just run. Just run another fade, boys. Yeah, just run another fade, which is exactly the right call. The, to to just run another fade. If you're Joe Burrow, you know that they're sending pressure. It's like, man, they're going to leave you open again, dude. Just go, and I'll throw it up, and, and he even send this presser. You know. You know bleep at Jamar down there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I he was quoting the meme, but it was absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jamar Chase, it was one of the most dominant non-quarterback performances I've ever seen. This was like Kelsey against the Chargers a couple weeks ago, but more. Yeah. Which is yeah. hard to do. Um, this is like this is like Jamal Charles against the Raiders back in that five yeah. touchdown game. This was like just taking over. Here's I, that's I'm a gonna, good that's a good poll because I'm, like Alex Smith had a nice game that day, right? That was an Alex Smith game, right? Right? Yeah, was yeah, Alex Smith? I, it was. I was an, I'm sure that Alex Smith's stat line there was great. That game yeah. wasn't about Alex Smith. That game was about <laughs> Jamal Bleep and Charles. This was exactly. the Jamar Chase game. It, 11, it exactly. 11 for 266 Gosh, is that's bonkers. It's, it's crazy. He averaged, it he averaged 24 yards per, per reception, and it felt like that. <laughs> oh, it felt worse. Yeah, I, but here, here's here's the thing, because you, you make a really good point about Spags' mindset. I know that they view, and they've got a lot of evidence, um, anecdotally, and uh, if you really look at um, if you look at the analytics to use a buzzword everyone loves to use, over time that is always the right decision. Some of the stuff that he does, it is the right decision to send pressure because most quarterbacks can't throw to the boundaries, force those boundary throws. You know those pocket shots down the field, twenty yards to the outside. Those are low percentage passes. They're they're really hard. They're really hard to execute. Yeah, because normally there's a corner right there. And if there's a corner right there, it's at best a 50-50 ball, which means half the time you might get a pick. You might all these things, right? There's so I'm gonna I'm gonna provide people if you want an example of one of the very few, not very few times, but pretty few times, where you can make a, a decision that's smart in the numbers but stupid in the moment. It's sending, you know, seven guys, or it wasn't eight, I don't know, at at Burrow on that snap. Because third and 27, a lot of the time in that situation, you're gonna force a bad throw. You're gonna like you statistically speaking, you're much more likely for a good outcome than a bad outcome. Because the one way they can really kill you with that outcome is the one thing that happened. But in the moment, with the matchup, you've got to say, well, maybe this isn't the right plan for this particular matchup. And it's just one of those times where you, you've you got to use the numbers to make an informed decision. And I, I, by the way, I don't think Spags is out here like looking at spreadsheets and that's why he calls his defense the way he does. I just don't picture that. You guys have interviewed him more than I have, but it's just not something I picture. Well, um, well, well, this is all too instructional for January, which I think can serve them if they yes. use it in the proper way. 
Um, but this was, I won't say it was similar to Jordan Love, because like, that was such a one-off situation for a guy starting his first game in Arrowhead. But look, I mean, as we told you guys last week, Spags called this man a young Tom Brady and was like, yes. you know what's coming next. Like, you, you, like, 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 he's not hiding his head in any way, shape, or form. Like, oh, he's a young Tom Brady, and we're gonna hunt him like a dog. I mean, like, <laughs> so, give credit to the quarterback, like yeah. you're saying, having moxie and accuracy, and ultimately, guys, the, the ref, I'm, I got one more, I got one more fact about the referees later. But guys, it's 14 nothing. <clears throat> they they've done everything well so far. They throw a little I don't even want to call it like a it's an option route is my understanding. It's a little hitch option route at the numbers. And then this man took off like he was Jerry Rice at his prime. <laughs> and that's when the game turned. Um so somebody's also wondering, I'm sure, hey Nate, if they're gonna engage eight and play single high cover. Like, does it have to be bump and run? No, of course it doesn't. Nope. Um, nope, it sure doesn't. But 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 can it be zone? And Steve Spagnuolo will look at you in your face and say, "We ran zone twice. He burned us twice." Nope, we're gonna keep it simple. Stupid, line it up. <laughs> <laughs> Single high covered press, press man coverage, and and look, Dan Sorensen. Whew, what a year, man! I mean, can I, I was gonna wait. Can, do you mind, Nate? Do you mind real quick? Can I swoop real? Go in, go in. You know, really, really, I didn't care for the tone of this at the time. And I'm glad they're having a chance to circle back on it. Because very rarely do I hear Andy Reid say something kind of smart me and think, this, who does this guy think he is? Because who he thinks he is is Andy Reid. And that's usually a good enough answer. <laughs> but after, I think it was the Sorensen pick six, but it was somewhere in there where you got one of the Dirty Dan plays, right? Where he was where he was supposed to be and Ben Neiman tips the ball up and then he houses it. There was a little bit of, I think the quote was, you guys all wanted him cut or something like that, I believe was the phrase, to the assembled media. Yeah. And I'd just like to be clear on this. I think we were already, but I'll be clearer. No, no one, I don't think anybody in that media room ever said they should cut Dan Sorensen. What we all said in various different forms (laughs) is he should not be the one responsible for making sure that Jamar Chase doesn't turn a little whoop. Into a mm, 69-yard touchdown reception because of literally everything about him. It, literally everything. The, the decisions have, not, have been bad all year. His actual execution has been poor time and time again. He doesn't have the physical tools of, of Juan Thornhill, who's on the field, by the way. This play had a bunch of defensive backs. The dots on this play that Bill Barnwell tweeted um, out are genuinely hard to look at. Tire, tire, like here's, here's where you know you've reached like Super Saiyan level on the field is when you turn a defender into an additional blocker because – Tyre, on the 72-yarder, Tyron Matthew has an angle, and Nick Bolton's like, what dimension am I in? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, he completely takes he completely takes the angle from Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew takes three steps in and is like, what am I doing? Yeah. Why, why I, want, I don't want this cardio. See me, see me at the bench, fellas, because I just got shielded by one of my own guys. <laughs> Dan Sorensen became 
a a uh, a poster child for everything going wrong with the Chiefs' defense because he certainly wasn't helping. I mean, there's no mystery he on was that. Actively front. hurting the defense, <laughs> actively multiple <laughs> but, times a game. But and, one and of the, the fact things... that Andy has taken that so personally so is like okay. Sorry, so go ahead. silly. No, no. I'm glad that I'm just. It's okay. We can all do this together. This is a team <laughs> sport. But the, the he did also become a microcosm of something that and we I think we were talking about you know before it was cool perhaps to say look it, also it is a factor of don't put a player if I was in that spot I'd get cooked too but <laughs> I shouldn't be and I'm not for it to be Dan Sorensen in, in a would be Jamar Chase touchdown or to be Tarverius Ward being asked to guard an eight armed alien by himself on third and twenty seven. As much as I think, and I genuinely believe this, I think Spags probably got too much of the blame for the first half of the season and probably not enough of the credit in the second half. I actually think both of those things are probably true. And still, how can you put how can you put your guys in that spot? It just it 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 becomes an issue at a thousand different levels. And I still think there are like six other things that we could be talking about right now. It's just I it's so frustrating. It's, it's frustrating when we can all see it, right? Like yes. like Tony yes. Romo said it was right before one of those touchdowns. It might have been the 72-yarder of like, are they going to leave Jamar up here uh, one-on-one all day? They're going to do something about it. And and that was early in the game, and uh, we found out the answer. It was they were going to do that all day. He was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the best part is that sometimes the sport is so complicated that it forces you to go back to like its most simplest form. And if that man's beating you, on principle, you should get beat on third and twenty-seven. On pure principle, yeah, that's fair. If Th- you that's don't, if, if you fair. if you don't get home, if they block it, you deserve that. And and that's something that the Chiefs will have to acknowledge. Uh, hopefully, earlier today on Monday before they move forward to obviously the regular season finale. But they just have to acknowledge, like we took we we put so many chips in. That we did not have to. We were pot committed that they deserve our chips. <laughs> like they yeah. like no. they just they just do. That's, and so that's absolutely fair. And so you put yourself in a bad position where I actually I actually thought it was honorable. And I know Chiefs fans won't necessarily um may not see the bigger picture in this because the loss put you in jeopardy of not having the one seed. Um, but I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was actually honorable for Andy Spags, hell, even the Bengals to be like, well, you are a defensive player. You stand up on your defense. People may have forgotten the Tershawn Wharton, um, forced fumble that Ben even recovered at the goal line against the Chargers. Now, obviously that was not at the end of the game, like here, but like, there is something honorable about like, no. Let, like, let's see you earn it. And the mm-hmm. Bengals almost galaxy-brained it. Oh, they, they, were, they were so close. <laughs> like, guys, Zach Taylor was this close from being the next Brendan Staley. Where it's That's like, true. oh, my God, they could have they could have just kicked the field goal. They went for it on fourth down. Like, what are they thinking? Calling all that honorable is very interesting, Nate. And I'm, I'm here to let you have it. But I got to tell you, you know what it reminds me of? Is that scene in Indiana Jones where the dude comes out and he does it like 45 seconds of sword tricks and then Harrison Ford <laughs> pulls a gun out of his pocket and shoots him to death with Jamar Chase? Like, that's what it felt like. Of like I, yeah, I mean, we're out here I, doing our swishy thing. 
You got did a gun, I, though. Did I say it was smart? I said it no, was honorable. No, you did not, sir. No, you <laughs> yeah. said it was no, honorable. That, that, reminds me, that reminds me of a, of a duel I once watched where, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Braun? Game of Thrones, where he killed a knight, and at the end, the, the woman says, you do not fight with honor, and he goes, nah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> it's right, just like, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like, right. I, and so I get it, but I really... Man, that, that's a whole nother facet in terms of tactical decision-making. And that's why all this has to start with the caveat that Steve Spagnuolo has done a wonderful job at defensive coordinator um, for the Chiefs. Yes. Um, and Andy Reid, other than Patrick Mahomes, is the best thing to happen to this franchise in 50 years. I yeah, mean, I, mean he, I think Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Dwayne Bowe are kind of like the top three in whatever order you <laughs> want to put them in. And, and so – and so that that has to that has to be you know caveated or whatever. Yep. Every time you say this, there's a disclaimer, because Reed has done so much for the franchise even before Mahomes. They went from an absolute laughingstock to a respectable franchise, a yearly playoff contender, as such a big deal. That said, once and again it was a horrendous call not putting it to third and six, but once Joe Mixon converted that third and one. And now it's first and one from or first and goal from the one. Yep. And you only have one timeout left now. I think you let them score there. They still, I, by I, the way, they, they actually they had two and could have could have taken those two with them with with two minutes. Yeah, they, they could have taken those two with them and they could have. I mean, there just was a lot there of not just simply saying to yourself, OK, what do I think is more likely? It, <sighs> That we stopped them from scoring a touchdown from the one-yard line, which is possible, to be fair. Which, which again, but ultimately, they did. They did, ultimately. But and it still also, doesn't mean the process was smart. Just It, it does we, mean the process right, was smart. And correct. it also ignored the fact that it wasn't the, like the Chiefs were leading by three. It was a tie game. A right. field goal is still a terrible result for you. And a field goal in which they've drained most of the time left yes. is a worse result than a touchdown yes. with two minutes left and two timeouts giving Patrick Mahomes the ball. Correct. And so they, they just there was it was just a complete failure in real time, in my opinion, to just sit down and ask yourself, okay, we called this timeout. I need 30 seconds to think about this. What are the possible outcomes you should always ask yourself that with every decision you make. What are the possible and probable outcomes here? The probable outcome is they score a touchdown, maybe after bleeding out the clock on a couple plays by not trying to score. That 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 that's a terrible outcome, right? That's your worst outcome. Or another very probable outcome, if you get a stop, is they kick a field goal and they're leading with the time drained off. Is it a probable outcome that you turn the ball over? No. Is it a probable outcome that you stop them and they miss the field goal and it's still a tie game? No. So in your most likely outcomes, they're terrible outcomes if you just try to stop them straight up. Both outcomes are terrible because the time is much more important than the score at that point because you have to assume you're going to be losing the next time you get the ball back. And it's like that didn't even occur to them that we need to assume the most likely outcome here is we're going to be losing. How much time do we want left when that happens? And they just desperately failed in that analysis. Just like, in my opinion, they desperately failed in their analysis on fourth and six. And I get it. Fourth and six is not fourth and one. But it's fourth and six. You're pretty deep into, well, not pretty deep, but you're, you're close at, enough. You can do a really the, long field goal. You're, you're at the in, you're at the 45-yard line of the Bengals, yes. Yeah, you're, so you're in Bengals territory is the way I should have said. You're, 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 you're pretty deep down the field, but you're just in Bengals territory. But here's the deal. This is another one where you have to think about how this game has gone. The problem with this game was big plays. Yep. That field position meant nothing. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Because it was either going to go really well on the drive and the Bengals weren't going to get any yardage or they were going to have big plays and none of it was going to matter in terms of field position. You know what mattered? That possession. They had three possessions in the second half. People talk about, oh, they should have scored more than three points. They only had the ball three times. And that possession. And that that is super instructional for everybody now. Yes. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just want to like remind people. Yes, we were getting ready to go into a into a postseason that I don't sure I have a total handle on it from a from a perspective like last year. Let's be real; it was cute how much people wanted the Bills to go to the Super Bowl, even though we all were like, "But they've never been on the stage before," and that's that's asking a lot to go on Arrowhead. Um, obviously, the only time the Chiefs have lost in the Mahomes era in the postseason is to a team led by Tom Brady. Um, that being said, is Joe Burrow better than Ryan Tannehill? The answer, I believe, yes. is yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, is Joe Burrow better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes. Um, can I say similar things about Justin Herbert if he gets in the dance? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know necessarily how this is all going to go. I just expect it to be that much harder. Like the best quarterback they played in 2019 in the postseason. And again, I have have to be someone who who states the facts. The best quarterback they played was Deshaun Watson. And Mm -hmm. a horrific coaching job by Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and, yeah, and and Watson is, Probably a better quarterback, you know, we can leave yes. everything else. Yes, And Then maybe yes. any of those other guys, although Herbert, I don't, man, Herbert's a stud. But this, it, it becomes so much harder. you got to win three in a row. And we'll see what happens. The NFL is just on crack this year, so we'll see what happens <laughs> in the final week. Which, by the way, we got to find time in the later in the week episode to talk about this possibility that got tweeted out. That if the Raiders... Yes! It, well, how does this go? I'll it, find it. Okay, so while you find it, I'm, I'll keep talking about the decision-making here. You have to, again, make decisions based on understanding what your most probable outcomes are and what you think of those probable outcomes. And and the Chiefs failing to really identify the fact that, sure, a fourth and six is not a great position, but if you trust your defense, you can trust them because it's not like you're giving them the ball back in field goal range. Plus, you have a four-point lead. And when you looked at the way that the that Cincinnati's drives went, the difference between a 65-yard or a 55-yard drive and an 85-yard drive was negligible because it was all big plays. Correct. 
And so it was such a failure to comprehend how the game had gone and really to comprehend what probable outcomes are. Because let's say, okay, well, we, we, we have confidence our defense can stop them. Then you can give them the ball back at the 45-yard line. And that now you're still confident in your defense, but you've also taken one more shot. Because if the Chiefs go for it and convert there, I, they very likely score. The game is completely different from there on out. Also, low-key thing by giving them the ball back with that, with that longer field to drive, it also takes more time. The t- yes. It takes more time. It takes more time. And so the whole thing, Andy Reid, again, Hall of Fame coach, one of the greatest to ever do it, one of the best things ever happened in Kansas City, he did not adequately make decisions. And this isn't post-ad hoc. I was freaking out at the time, too. You, you got to think about what the most probable outcomes are, and they couldn't do it or wouldn't do it. And it was the same thing with Spags. You've got to account for the individual matchup that you're in. And... I mean, these 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 sideline shots, that's basically all that was working for their offense for the most part. Really good offense. I'm not trying to take too much credit away from the Bengals, but we saw early in the game before Joe Burrow just decided, I got to just start throwing it up to Jamar because this is not working. The Chiefs' defensive line was wrecking that game. And they took a game where they the, the defensive line was wrecking everything. They had a one-on-one matchup. They couldn't win on the outside. And they said, nope, we're still going to do our thing. They they had the ball on the 45-yard line with all that stuff that I just got to tell And they said, nope, we're going to do our thing. And that's what happened. Oh, well, okay, it's first and one from the one. We only have two times left. Nope, we're just going to do our thing. And that's the problem with just doing your thing is great 80% of the time or 90% of the time even. But you've got to understand when you're in that 10%. And, and, and a part of this equation, too, uh, Tell me if I'm wrong, Josh, is that you have a quarterback that outside of two throws um, had been absolutely excellent and yeah. had managed a pocket that involved a patchwork offensive line. Yeah, no kidding. And even though your and even though your skill position players, I believe, are still managing their conditioning, their stamina, uh, coming off of obviously having tested positive for the virus, like. Travis Kelsey was still useful in space. Tyreek Hill um, had some chances deep. Uh, we even saw McCole Hartman and Byron Pringle make some plays downfield. Um, it wasn't like your office necessarily uh, wasn't capable of 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 playing in a shootout. You you just had to realize you're in a shootout and uh, go go get more points um, because of everything Seth just laid out and the idea that um, again this is all instructional. Uh, it's it's slightly okay to do what they did yesterday because my position has always been in understanding this team that they always have things for I guess we now call it mid January because this stupid season goes into the middle mm-hmm. of January, but like they have things for the postseason. And something Andy told me in the first year, I believe, when I covered this team is yeah, but you gotta you gotta let it all out, you gotta let it all go. When the playoffs start, and then that when that begins, and if you're fortunate enough to win, then it's a week to week of just recreating things to unleash them. Uh, but of course, they even held on to the Rose Bowl play for the whole Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So it's again, it's it's an honorable thing. It's instructional for the defense because they may have to have a defense. They may have to have a, a goal line stand that is even more significant in their postseason run. 
So I, I see the big picture parts of the thought process, but man, it is really tough when you know you win that game, you win the next game, you at least get a week off, you get the number one seed, it is in your control, and every team has to come through Arrowhead, um, which is which is a daunting task, uh, given your quarterback, coach, and even defensive coordinator combination, but if they're going to go this route, they better be, I mean, absolutely prime ready, uh, because Josh Allen is better than Ryan Tannehill was two years ago, and Ryan Tannehill is better than Ryan Tannehill two years ago, in my opinion. So, the 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 journey will be much harder uh, if you want to get to Los Angeles, and they made it harder on themselves uh, by losing a game that we all believe is is winnable or, or was yeah. winnable, I should say. Kind of chronologically, Seth, to what you laid out there, I won't belabor the point by repeating everything that you said in a different voice because I think that you nailed that. The one thing that I add as a maybe selfish element of this is a lot of those situational things, sometimes they get discussed under the umbrella of analytics, even whenever that's not necessarily what's really going into it. Sometimes it's under the umbrella of aggressiveness. Sometimes it's under the umbrella of consistency or formula or process. But so many times we talk about things like that, like fourth and six. And frankly, the the, the drive before was fourth and nine. And that that is more than a three-yard difference, sort of uh, philosophically, right? It Yep. Getting 10 yards is a different is a different ball of wax than getting six in this offense. Yep. And so I, I, I'm not saying that was as egregious, but they gave up a possession there. They gave up one play for 35 yards and then on fourth and six they gave up they gave up a possession for 31 yards of field position. That is not worth it. It's not the same thing as, as going for on your own 20. Um, so I, I just want to reiterate that there's a reason that we have those conversations. It's not just to yeah. fill time. It's because that those do, those conversations do ultimately result in decisions that have to be made. Yes. And the Chiefs swift on some of those. Also at the end of the game, everything you guys already laid out with you on, on all of that as well. It's, Somebody, that's a really good point to make is that knowing some of that information, it gives you a fallback when you have to make a quick decision. Yeah. Right. Yes. And and that's yes. and that's where and that's where they failed. I think on the fly to make quick decisions. Um, although again, the the Jamar Chase thing, they're not bracketing him, and I understand the Chiefs do what they do, but that was like that wasn't a quick decision. That was a choice. Yeah. And now now I've now I'm sitting on the lectures my dad gave me my teenage mm-hmm. years. There are decisions. There are choices. Mm-hmm. And you, son, made a choice. <laughs> to engage oh. eight of 327. Let's this go! Is, when I was 17, I made a lot of similar decisions to go and engage eight on 327. So. There, there's then what you said, Nate, about the particulars of where this is at in the in the, the larger scheme of things. This game, unless the Texans beat the Titans next week, was a playoff game by a ton of different ways you could measure it. This is going to force the Chiefs to play a football game they were going to be allowed to skip. It is the single greatest. I have not had it. I've said this several times and no one has brought anything else to me here on this. So I'm going to stick with my guns. This is the single greatest systemic advantage the NFL offers two teams every year. To say you not not you know having a quarterback or the salary cap. I'm not saying anything like that that you can create in terms of something built into the system of the NFL. You get to skip a week of playoff football 
is insane. You, if yep. you said you got an automatic victory for a bye week in the regular season once a year, you go, wow, what a huge win that is. It's a literally win. That exists in the playoffs. This game was so important. I, I don't feel very differently about the Kansas City Chiefs today on Monday than I did on, on last Saturday. I feel right. very similarly about this football team as a team. I feel worse about their spot in the playoffs, and I feel worse about what it's going to take for them to actually advance because they lost the one seed here. And again, the the Texans beating the Titans would be like the 15th strangest outcome of a football game this year. Sure. That That is within the realm of possibility. But they David didn't Mills have to play. care. <laughs> they didn't have to care. Yeah, and also, now they're playing on Saturday, by the way. So the, the Chiefs don't get the scoreboard watch. They gotta Correct. they gotta go beat the Broncos and then see if they and then put on their Davis Mills jerseys for Sunday. Oh, they which did, was so intentional. They, they they did it to us again, boys. They did it yeah. to us again. Chiefs yeah. Broncos prime time. Yeah, that's that's the matchup we all wanted to see. With the with the with, look, look the NFL was like okay, so. Yes, Aaron Rodgers had to win, so that locks up the one seed. The Cowboys are in already? Damn, we can't do the Cowboys in prime time. Uh, all right, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. The Chiefs haven't clinched, right? But they can sit, guys, right? Uh-huh. But, like, we need advertising. We need eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, there's no college games on Saturday, right? But if we perceive we play them, then then they have to. Yeah, let's get on the yep. phone. And, let's get on the phone and confirm this. Does Does anybody have Andy Reid's phone number? Can we inform him of when of when this game is happening? Look, I, I know the general public doesn't want to watch Chiefs Broncos, but we about to make them watch Chiefs Broncos. That's right, Alan. People love to watch Mahomes, and let me just tell you, if someone uh, called and if someone from the NFL called Andy Reid this week, I'm guessing that call would be like, "Hey, Andy, I, I got to Well, that, no, Andy, I. Look, I totally get, but look, man, I'm really. Although Andy's not like a super. Andy, I'm just a messenger. I, yeah, I mean, Andy, I'm just. Uh, can you imagine the conversations about what poor schmo had to make that call? Andy, I just need to talk to you, but it's about scheduling, not the game last week. Please, <laughs> look, Andy. Andy, I know. Look, no, Roger said he wouldn't do it. Um, <laughs> like I just, I, I'm just picturing that call. Uh, uh, like uh, it, that's uh, like him answering the phone, like. What? Uh, well, <laughs> I don't co- think he even says anything. I think he just gets answers, and he just sits there and waits. Uh, well, well, well. You see, Coach, um, the way we've structured Week 18 this year, um, I was just calling to see if you've made your travel arrangements um, flexible, uh, uh, because I think uh, I think he's going to watch you guys apply. <laughs> We're gonna go by. I, 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 I gotta go. Love you. Bye. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, I'm supposed to read from the script here that you do get an additional day off uh, following Sun. Uh, hello, Andy, Coach. <laughs> Two thirty you know Mountain Time, Coach. <laughs> you guys know that I'm in a damaged place whenever I'm listening to you guys do a fun character bit, and I'm still staring at the play-by-play log because oh. I've got three more things I want to talk about. Tell them, tell them, Josh. <laughs> Seth, I know you're probably going to have to write about more self-inflicted wounds, right? You're, you're continuing to go down that rabbit hole as the plan on the newsletter? Maybe. I can't, I don't know. I got a lot of it off my chest tonight, but it really is let's, important. Let's see if we can put some more back on your shoulders real quick. Because I just want to run these by you. You guys, you guys cut me off if you think any of these are uh, any of these shouldn't get mentioned. 
it was wild. This, you, remember, you guys remember how this game started? With two teams punting on fourth and one. They both did it, and they were both like deep in their own territory, but that was kind of wild for a game that ended up having the offenses that it did. I, they both went three plays, nine yards, three and out, punt on fourth and one. That was yep. weird. But there's a word that Patrick Mahomes has said so many times this year that it has lost all meaning. It is the word execution. Execution has ceased to mean anything into my ears at this point. And yet, man, could you see it yesterday? Because here, mm. ready? Here we go. End of the half, a potential like career highlight type of play for Patrick Mahomes gets rattled around Tyreek Hill's face and hands. Could have been three points, could have been seven, yep. but was right there. First drive of the second half. Ends in the fourth and nine punt, which I would have been curious about, but whatever, I'm not terribly, terribly beat up about that. But Mahomes runs for three yards, and then the offense has its maybe most inept uh, one, two, three. Derry Williams stuffed. Mahomes tries to go to Travis Kelsey. That's a drop from Kelsey, or at least a a pass breakup with advantage defender uh, mm-hmm. because it wasn't a great effort from, from Kelsey there. And then on third and nine, he goes to Byron Pringle. It's nearly picked off. Shout out to Byron Pringle for making a great play on offense, defense, and special teams yesterday, <laughs> by the way, because uh, he really did, because that, that was a PBU for Byron Pringle. Then on the next drive that ended in that punt, they had the first down. They Daryl ran it for eight. Gore got stuffed, but third and two, they had it. Patrick Mahomes hit Blake Bell, but Andrew Wiley holding and the illegal motion on Tyreek Hill pushes them back again. Then on third and 12, that's a penalty that you can you can nitpick at or whatever, but I haven't seen anybody at least argue the illegal motion wasn't actually illegal, even if the hold wasn't great. Then you get to third and 12, and Travis Kel- or Tyreek Hill like slips, Mahomes mentioned after the game, I think, right? And then you end up in that that fourth and six, even after getting six yards to Noah Gray, where they should not have punted that football regardless, despite the fact they just got six yards on that previous play. Those are just like a few things where you can point to very clearly and go, oh yeah, these are these are like drive killers or, or at least drive uh, derailers. And, mm-hmm. and that is yet another, I, I don't even mind that we spent 50 minutes of this show talking about other stuff first. But we could have led a show in weeks past with those types of mistakes. We have yep. done that this year. Like, that's yep. just how deep that well goes. I'm sorry that I cut off your guys' great bit before that, but I really want no. to close that tab. No, I, I just, you I know, go. there was a game, you know, in Miami that we used to illustrate how good the roster was top to bottom last year. Mm. And Chris Lammons was the reason McCole Hartman got in the end zone on a punt return. And unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, you saw the opposite of COVID, of a roster that... Yeah, I didn't uh, really mention the kick return. Yeah, there's that of a, too. Of a roster that's pretty great top. I'm not sure if it's the same roster top to bottom because there are some guys, even like Mike Rimmers, who just... Like, they're, they're not factoring into the season as of right now. Yeah, and they um, played this game without their top three tackles. Yep. And we haven't even talked about it. By the way, because I know we got to go quickly, shout out to Joe Tooney because that was a not an easy assignment, and, and he you, did it. And, and, yep. you'll, and you'll read about that in the athletic.com here shortly. Um, Joe Tooney was excellent. Uh, and I would all I'm, – I'm – Shout out to my guy, Nick Jacobs. I'm kind of, we, we talked a little bit, but I'm kind of in his viewpoint of like, yeah, let's let Orlando get 13 days to rest that calf because mm. Joe Tooney is, uh, is, is, is capable um, based on what he showed yesterday. If, so is Nick Allegretti, by the way. Shout yeah, out to Nick exactly. Allegretti. Especially if, if Orlando needs more time uh, yeah. to get as close to 100% for uh, what could be a wild card playoff game the following week. 
Um, I know the, but from top to like, the Chiefs were beating the Dolphins, a team that almost reached the playoffs last year, be, with Chris Lam because Chris Lamons was better than their Chris Lamons, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, Zane Anderson made his first significant contribution to the team. And it was in a negative manner because if that and I, I look, I know we talked about the rest. He tackled a guy like it. Mm-hmm. It happens. It's yeah, he unfo- can't do that. It's unfortunate. He's an inexperienced player. Some people wanted him cut at halftime. Mm-hmm. I was like, of he's only played check notes ninety minutes of football in the NFL. This is game two, fellas. Um, but that sort of explains the the just as much as we talked everything else. That explains the how small the margin is now. And it wasn't, like, wide open in 19. Um, I feel like they were a more complete team in 2020, more so because there were other teams that had either fallen off or they were obviously chasing them but had not had the playoff experience before. Um, whereas now, it's a chaotic mess. Zane Anderson making that penalty, if Byron Pringle scores, it's 35-7 and the ball game's over, guys. Because cause psychologically, Cincinnati walks into the locker room saying, we just gave up 35 points in a 30-minute half. Like, the whole game changes. Um, instead, Tyreek doesn't make the long reception to where at least you get the field goal back. And now the Bengals are in it. And um, special teams can make just as much of a factor in the postseason or whether you get the one seed or not. Um as that play can, because I thought Pringle did an excellent job with vision and toughness and contact balance. And Zan Anderson and his guy kind of weren't relevant in the play. But mm-hmm. those are those those little things, man, they all add up. And they kind of get lost in the third and twenty-seven in gauge eight. But I do want to mention that like Chris Lamons, I don't believe played yesterday. Is that correct? I need to double check this, but I don't be- I don't believe yeah. he played. But, Z- right. but Zane Anderson did. Uh, yeah, I, I, but Zane Anderson did. And that's that's a small but yet significant difference. Yeah. Uh, Seth, I know you're in danger of getting in trouble if you don't leave right now. And we're, we're pretty much at wrap up the show time. So we can we can do that on this. Why don't you uh, why don't you come up with your your final words here? We'll let Nate do the same. We'll get us out of here. Um, For me, it's just a matter of I, I think you summed it up well. I don't think we know anything different about the Chiefs that we already knew. I We knew Mahomes was back to playing at an all-world level. He still is. Um, we know the defense has generally played well and forced teams to make great plays to beat them, and they did. I mean, that's just – it just so happened this team made like 15 of them. I mean, that's by much what happened except for one play, which that, we never really got around to personnel decisions, but that's okay. Mm. Um, so we didn't really learn anything new about the Chiefs. I think you struck well when say the, the the importance of this game isn't learning anything new about the Chiefs or the Bengals really. It's that now you gotta win three tough games just to get to the Super Bowl. And it is hard to win three games in a row in the NFL against playoff contenders. Yep. So that that's the bummer of that game by and large. And it would have really been nice if it came down to something other than a penalty. Mm. Um, here's what I'll tell you here. This is from Adam Beasley. Here's something that's totally bonkers. If the Colts lose to the Jags on Sunday, the Raiders and Chargers would both get in with a tie. Literally, there would be no motivation for either team to do anything other than kneel it out 15 times each. 
That is what I am rooting for in the NFL right now. Colts lose to the Jags. Raiders and Chargers are in a situation where literally all they need to do is just agree to not be a bleep to each other. So they so they play so they play afterwards. So they'll know. Yeah, they're the they're the primetime game. Yes. So oh, I, mean, I would watch that. Time? I would watch that. Yes. I would watch it because is somebody going to do the thing where they they fake kneel it and then just float one to Keenan Allen? And just why would you like and you can't do it in the in the first quarter or the second quarter or the third quarter. No, And And here's the deal. It's not like they're allowed to collaborate in advance on this. Right. I mean, I'm sure there's a fine for that. I'm sure that's completely outside the rules of the game. So what you have to do if you're the team that receives the kickoff, you need to have your quarterback pre snap, like basically look at the opposing sideline. And then kneel. And then do it again and again and then punt the ball away. And then it's like your move and see if they reciprocate. And if they don't, okay, fair enough. But but that's the problem. The team that receives, that's t- a tough call to make. Because what if you do it? The other team says, screw you, we're going to try. And now you've given up one of maybe 10 possessions you get that day. Yeah. Well, well, let's look at the tablets here, uh, guys, on the sideline. If we if we win, who's our who's our matchup? Does it does it matter? Do, I mean, can we start advanced scouting during the game? Like I might like I'd be more interested in like are the coaches coaching in the booth? Or are they just watching film of the potential <laughs> next opponent? Yeah, you could you could figure out who that matchup is, and I mean, so that's just it's really really interesting because maybe one team like their matchup would be like the, if, if if you're the Raiders, maybe your matchup would be the Chiefs, and you're like. Ugh. <laughs> you know that that's that's not how we want to go in the playoffs because they've seen that right like that's a right. matchup they just they that that's bad right so I, I'm really curious about that but I would totally watch every second of that game just to make sure it got the ratings it deserved yes I I'm also very much in on that uh all right well then that's it Nate say something funny so the show can be over um I don't I don't want to say something funny today I just want to again acknowledge the facts that were prevented presented in front of us. This is from my buddy Ed Warner of ESGN. Now, at the time in 2018, the league, before one of the greatest games, the greatest game I've ever seen in person, said, hey, look, man, we got to replace, we got to replace the official, okay? We got to replace the crew. And so, like, you know, Raymond George and Donna McKenzie, like, they just going to be in the game now. Uh, Ron Tolbert. All of a sudden, got a call because John Hissy couldn't make it, and thus led a series of events where a officiating crew that had not worked together all year because they don't do that until the playoffs because you know they're on a grading system um, was perhaps compromised, influenced, uh, persuaded, just whatever words you would like to use. I just look. Even Joe Burrow said we got some calls, and by golly. By golly, they did. I I just want to, <laughs> hopefully through laughter, acknowledge the facts that the league didn't do us any favors. Like, reporters, fans, even the teams. I mean, the this Beagles. This a whole new character, Seth. You're here for the birth of a new Nate I mean, character. The, the, the Beagles didn't The Beagles need to win a game outright. I mean, it's Paul Brown Stadium. They need it. But also... The game should have been in prime time, and it should have had a better officiating crew. Don't do this bleep again during the divisional round, because I'm simulating the game right now. 
to sign me up for Bengals Cheese Part 2. <laughs>